Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Splash Play. Today, we decide the fate of this podcast this offseason. We have a big board, Spags, and we are going to figure out once and for all what this show is going to be. You were breaking up for me at the end of that, so hopefully it wasn't for everybody else. Hopefully not a sign of things to come with our offseason draft, but I'm excited to see what's here. Also, Pete's face is frozen for me now, so I've got no clue if this is going out, but I'm excited to see what comes here to embrace our inner Mel Kuypers and Todd McShays for this draft coming up next on Splash Play. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Splash Plays. Is this coming through all right for you, Pete? Because I see you being a grainy version of yourself that's not moving. That's weird. Not completely right now. No, it's it's like coming through like you're doing the Max Hedrum impression, the the robot voice. Really? Now you're good. Now you're good. I don't know what happened there. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what I, I, I you haven't broke up for me at all. So I, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't get on. how this is possible because I'm looking at the YouTube stream and it's definitely doing it on YouTube too, but you're the one doing the stream. So I don't get, I guess because it's StreamYard, maybe it, you don't get affected if, if your connection gets screwy. I'm trying to make sure I have everything closed or anything that would be yeah. messing with it. But let us know in the chat if uh, if we sound all right. Yeah, I think you're crystal clear now, but that was really strange. I, that has not happened to us all season long, but I guess even StreamYard has to have some off-season time to itself. But it's time for the show here, as we talked about up top. It's our off-season snake draft for all the content, all the episode ideas we have, where Pete and I lovingly, really mostly me, lovingly crafted a sheet, then sent it to Pete and said, here's what we're doing. Here's the big board of ideas, so a lot of which we talked about, but it's going to be a fun little wrinkle here for our off-season. So make sure you guys hit that like button and subscribe. The show goes on even when football doesn't, uh, though we wish we had the XFL right now. That'd be great. Oh. Uh, but of course, also five stars interview and Apple podcast. All that's great. I'm Chris Spags. This is my friend, Peter Overzet, who you knew already, but how are you doing, Pete? How is this week of, of football? This life begin? I, I feel like this is a season two of our podcast where we had a little 10 day respite to refresh. And now, now we got to figure out what's next. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I I've still kind of been deep in my, my top shot world, but today, and I assume we're going to talk about it a little bit. I saw we had the Carson Wentz trade and I was like, Oh, we still got something going here with, uh, with NFL action. So it felt good to, uh, feel the dopamine hit from something, uh, that we used to love so much NFL football. Yeah, no matter uh, what time of year, it doesn't matter what episode ideas that we have, uh, we are going to be doing some NFL news up top. So let's talk about that once as Pete just mentioned it. It's a pretty big news item here. Uh, Carson Wentz getting shipped over to the Colts. The Colts uh, having Phillip Rivers retired there. They needed a QB and Carson's going for the 85th overall pick in this year's draft with a conditional second rounder that can become a first round pick based on Wentz's playing time. Reportedly, he would need to play 75% of the Colts offensive snaps for the 2022 pick to become a first rounder. And I have to say for the Colts, like I think we don't really know what Carson Wentz has left. I definitely, we saw this year, didn't seem like a lot, but with Frank Reich there, his former offensive coordinator, maybe that could unearth some things for him. But I think this is a pretty savvy trade by the Colts and the Eagles just getting out of that contract are, are kind of a rare win-win for a trade. Yeah, I I like it for them. It feels like they're kind of buying low on, you know, uh, just a year or two years ago, Carson Wentz probably would have fetched a couple first round picks in a deal if they had just decided to move on for whatever reason, just because of his overall draft pedigree. And then he goes to a team where 
They have really built that team from the ground up. They've had a solid defense, a lot of continuity. They have a good offensive line there. That was something that was the weakness of them, you know, say three or four years ago. And then they really focused on that. And yeah, they got some young talent. You know, we, you got my guy, Michael Pittman there uh, for him. They got some exciting tight ends. So I think it's a great fit uh, for both teams. I, I think it just makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, I think there's not a lot of downside here for either team. We're going to see Jalen Hurts have that starting job, which definitely seems like he well-deserved, well well-earned throughout the year. And overall, I think Carson Wentz, if he's going to have anything here, it's going to be in this Indianapolis offense that I felt like really limited the bad things that Phillip Rivers did, kept him for the most part uh, clean in the pocket, which is going to be helpful for Carson, which, I mean, honestly, the Eagles offensive line last year, for as much as Jalen Hurts looked good, he was doing it because he was mobile. He has those young, fresh legs, uh, certainly more of a rusher. That sounded kind of sensual, but I'll, I'll stick with it. Jalen Hurts and his young, fresh legs got things done. And Carson Wentz was kind of running for his life. And I think the one thing the Colts will do is protect him and give him the best chance he can to be good. And whether he is good or not, we talked before uh, during the season about how Carson Wentz was so bad in the pocket, even when he was kept clean. Um, now it's all on him. Like, I think that's sort of the best spot you want as a player where it's a coach, you know, who knows you and Frank Reich. And then also like a team that's going to protect you. And now if you fail, like it's entirely on Carson Wentz and you, know, you can blame the injuries and all that. But at this point, his destiny is in his own hands. Yeah, no, it is. He he gets uh, a perfect situation to redeem himself and he can, you know, say, oh, this was part of the Eagles disorganization or whatever. Uh, there were reasons I wasn't able to succeed here and, and kind of stick it to them. Or uh, the Eagles will be proven correct that, hey, Carson Wentz is just a flop and he can't really get it done. Um, it's interesting, too, because I, I don't think Philip Rivers was anything special this year. I mean, it's specifically from an arm talent perspective. He, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but he also doesn't make a ton of plays. So I feel like the bar is even pretty low for Wentz, even coming off of this year where he became a bit of a pariah. Yeah, I'm actually going to pull up the stats from last year, just out of curiosity, because we're talking about it. And um, I, I've closed my, I ceremonially closed my Excel spreadsheet for the year that I update with all the games and data and all that throughout the season. And um, it's, it's just, I basically keep it open every single day that I have my laptop up and, uh, and it's been sad. It's always a sad part to close it down for the year and look only at my NBA spreadsheet taunting me. But last year, Philip Rivers in a clean pocket was, let's see, where's he's 65th here. Um, 100.5 QB rating when kept clean under pressure. He didn't throw a lot of picks, only 2% interception rate under pressure, which is one of those key stats you can find. Guys like Jared Goff struggle a lot under pressure, and when they get pressured heavily, things fall apart. Um, in the clean pocket last year, um, let's see, where's Wentz? Wentz was, I think, much worse. Uh, Wentz had an 83.5 or 82.5 QB rating in a clean pocket. So 18 points less than Philip Rivers, but there's a bit of a PTSD, uh, PTSD thing sometimes for QBs where you're just getting hit so much that you can't function. And uh, it's going to be weird. It's kind of like getting a rescue dog with Carson Wentz. I feel like where it's like, you don't know, he might bite you, but you got to just be nice to him and hope things work out. Wait, wait, I've heard it. Are rescue dogs known to uh, sometimes bite people? I thought they were pretty well trained. Well, no rescue, not, not a therapy dog, like, a, okay. or, and not a rescue oh, dog, gotcha. like, like gotcha, Beethoven gotcha. with the whiskey on it, yeah. <laughs> but no, like, like a rescued dog, like gotcha. from a shelter. Yeah. Who's sometimes those dogs have tough lives and you know, they are, uh, had bad human experiences and then they come in tough. So, but yeah, I honestly, you could be like a Beethoven too, and just walking through the snow, uh, helping save some person who's trapped in a cave. That's right. That's right. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know why my head with rescue immediately tied it to therapy dog, uh, but that's what my brain did. 
I mean, we could all be rescued by a dog at some point, and here's <laughs> hoping that Carson Wentz is rescued or rescues whoever he needs to. Uh, the other big potential trade that's still brewing about um, J.J. Watt leaving the Texans is an interesting move, but certainly seems to portend the departure of Deshaun Watson, who's uh, made it clear that he wants to leave town. And this is one that the Panthers were heavily in on Matthew Stafford. There were some reports out there that they had a comparable offer to what the Rams gave up, uh, but didn't make that trade happen for whatever reason. Maybe Stafford's comfort level is Sean McVay, uh, which has been talked about a lot. They're going on vacations together randomly, which seems like tampering adjacent, but who knows? But Deshaun Watson, the report from ESPN says Carolina would give up three first round picks plus Christian McCaffrey, who is deeply in love with Olivia Culpo. They're doing sappy Instagram posts. So I think sell high on Christian McCaffrey, get rid of him, give up whatever they want for Watson. I think at this point, I mean, I'm surprised you have this take. I mean, isn't the take uh, just make PJ Walker, your starter for free. PJ Walker, I think that one game where he threw the two end zone picks just kind of ruined his chance here, which sucks because sometimes that's all they have to go off of. And it's like, all right, well, I guess this isn't the guy for us, even though we won that game. But I would firmly agree, like, yeah, play play PJ Walker. But with this team, though, I mean, yeah. assuming that PJ Walker you know, it only has a 10% chance to be Deshaun Watson, maybe 50, but still a coin toss chance to be Deshaun Watson. Getting Watson in with those receivers, like with DJ Moore, with Robbie Anderson, even with Curtis Samuel, like this is the most ready-made spot for him where you could put Mike Davis in at running back. You could draft a guy, you could do whatever. Uh, I wouldn't care. I think that offense would be A, the most fantasy viable offense around and B would probably be the best case scenario for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you know, I'm still, I think they still have issues on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, it'd be a huge upgrade. I think they'd be a playoff team. I still think they probably have some defensive issues before they're a Super Bowl team, even with Watson. But yeah, that offense would be immediately like a top three or top four fantasy offense in the league. It's one of those things too with a mobile QB that for the most part, mobile QBs do tend to kill the, the pass game production for running backs because they just don't need to check down compared to some of the statuesque QBs back there who can't move around. Guys like Rivers, guys like Brady, all that. But I think with Watson and also with the game planning that we're going to see from Joe Brady and and you know and Matt Rule too, who's the head coach there and certainly has a, a lot of contributions to what they're doing. But I think that they could find ways to make it work with a mobile QB and actually get the receivers out into the flats. Like if they somehow got Watson and didn't give up McCaffrey, which I don't know why the Texans would trade for McCaffrey when they have David Johnson on his contract, but it's the Texans. So who knows? But like Watson with McCaffrey, with those weapons, even if they had to give up more, you know, more stuff, like it kind of seems like Brooklyn and basketball where, you know, there's no defense at all, but you have Harden, you have Durant, you have Kyrie. And it's like at a certain point, it's overpowering enough where you're probably in more games than not. Yeah, speaking of this, uh, I was on Twitter, I think it was last night, and I heard you were touting Draymond Green to people even though you knew he was ruled out. Will you want to tell me what the deal is with that, Chris? Yeah. Our, our pal, Greg Ehrenberg, who's done an episode here. I do a lot of shows with at Osmo. Uh, we're, we've been doing a late slate show for them where we're basically doing like a, the equivalent of Pete's Twitch streams for the most part, or really anybody's Twitch streams, trying to keep it more casual, not doing just the straight pick shows. And uh, Draymond Green was a guy that I had uh, in so many lineups. He ends up getting ruled out. Uh, so sorry to all of Pete's Top Shot fans out there. Your Draymond card's probably at a, <laughs> a low mark now. Uh, but he gets ruled out two games at, or two minutes after lock. So wasn't even a news item that was out there at all. There's nobody who had it. There's no way to pivot off of. And then one guy tweeted me first. He tweeted me actually that I had touted some other guy. Well, the Sixers rookie point guard, uh, Tyrese Maxey. And I, I didn't talk about him on a show because it wasn't relevant when I was doing a show. Like one uh, Ben Simmons got ruled out and made the guy more viable. But first he tweeted me that really angrily. And I'm like, okay, this guy's on the Ben. I just blocked him right away. Nothing <laughs> to do with it. Then I saw Greg retweeting him. And this guy's blaming Greg for knowing Draymond green. And then also saying that, 
that we played Draymond Green so people wouldn't be onto us playing Draymond Green. And then by the end of the night, he deleted his Twitter. So I think that's uh, the proper usage of cyberbullying. I actually like was scrolling through some of that account's tweets uh, after I saw that all going down. And it, it almost seemed like so bizarre that it felt like a burner account for someone else. <laughs> that was what I think Adam, uh, one of the other guys I work with, Ship My Money, who's a, a great DFS player and knows pretty much everybody in the industry, had speculated that perhaps that was one of our competitors, hosts, burners, <laughs> and because he was tweeting some positive things at some guy. I don't even know who it was, but it's just, it's such a weird place. And it's one of those things where, you know, for Splash Play, we like to have fun here. We don't, you know, there's no downside. We're giving picks. We're being silly. Like you guys don't normally get mad other than we, other than when we don't know the weather five days in advance. <laughs> I know. You should have asked him to prove a timestamp of uh, where you would have gotten your Draymond Green insider information. It is hilarious how some of these people think that like fantasy touts work for the league or like they're all Adam Schefter and they get like all the text messages from agents and stuff on what's going to happen. I mean, for me, it's so frustrating because now like, I'm at the point where I've done enough live shows and also because the way the NBA is this year where injuries have been so bad, the COVID health protocol stuff has been so bad that I normally would try to get lineups done before a show and then just make some minor tweaks if something major happens. Uh, but this year you have to actually edit you know, while going for the most part because there's things changing every day. Sometimes you have to do multiple late swaps throughout the day because that's just the way to even make even break even now. It's not even like, oh, you might win a tournament. You basically have to do that just to stay afloat now. And the idea that I would somehow be doing this stuff live and lying to people, like I don't have that left right brain connection where I could be doing this thing and then lying about it while knowing the correct information and then still playing the wrong guy and losing all my money. Like it's a real vicious cycle. And, and the only way that would also work um, would be if um, every single person who is in your contest consumed your content and made decisions based off of that. <laughs> like, first of all, what are the odds that? someone is even going to be in your contest and then using that information. It's just such, it's what we call a very faulty premise on this guy's part. <laughs> yes, it was. It's definitely one of those things that's, that's frustrating. And I think, I don't know why this time of year, sometimes I feel like you get more people who are like this angry, super, like I'm losing money and I have to blame somebody for it. And, you know, at the end of the day too, there are people also who are saying that like, oh, this show moves too much ownership now. And I think thinking that like, of you know, Osmo shows get like 4K concurrent views during Live Before Lock. So like it's a substantial amount, but there's still, uh, you know, 80,000 entries, 150,000 entries in these tournaments. Like the reason ownership moves is because people get the same data and we talk about it and we're like, oh, this now makes this guy a better play. And Every DFS player knows that in NBA now, but it's like wild that people think there's such an influence when in reality, like you're all in the same boat, whether you're a host, whether you're a person watching a stream, you're all just making lineups and hoping they somehow don't blow up in your face. Yeah, I think it's um, it's a whole issue with the whole, um, I don't know, DFS touting infrastructure, right? Where it's like, ideally, you want to teach people how to play the game or, you know, share the things you've learned the, the whole teach someone how to fish instead of giving them fish, except then people say like, that's boring content or it's slow, or I want, I want the picks. And then you give them the picks and then they get mad when those picks aren't good. And you're like, well, ultimately I want to just help make you a better DFS player. But when we do that, 4,000 people aren't watching. So it's like, it's such a conundrum. Yeah, it's it's been tough, and there was something else this week too. I now I'm just ranting about it, but Pete, blame Pete for this one. <laughs> no, for we, I, I'm a fan of the tangents. 
But um, one thing that happened this week too is I mentioned on a show there was some guy like under a fake account as always, and um, the troll level has been a little bit high recently. And also, we're doing a new show for Osmo that's been you know we're getting off the ground. People are always going to be tough, especially there's a pretty girl on the show, so there's like a weird push pull thing there where they're they're sipping for the cute girl and also being mean to the male talent more than usual. Oh, and, is that a dynamic? That's funny. Yeah, it's I mean I don't even know if I should talk about it because we're on a show and I probably yeah, should, but like you yeah. know it's she's a great girl. It's nothing to do with her. It's yeah, just, yeah. You know, human di- dynamics and all that but um it's it's one of those things where um getting some really angry people lately and i mentioned on the show like there was just some guy who was like really being obsessive under the fake name of eric bischoff who's a former uh pro or pro wrestling guy and it's like okay i know you're a pseudonym who's just like angry about something and he's like oh like spags didn't even win spags didn't even win i'm like i'm literally on the best nba dfs run i've had my entire playing career where i'm up like all, like almost 15 grand i said tens of thousands on the show but like i meant like over ten thousand, and i'm like up this amount over the last few weeks basically talking about my process every day giving the plays that i'm playing too much of and every day and like this guy's still mad at me and then he's like just getting obsessed about it then he comes back the next day on this this show the early show and is like i didn't see you up top last night and it's like you understand how any of this works like i played 85 percent of one dude who sucks that's the way like when it works well it's gonna work well when it doesn't work it's not gonna work and it's just one of these things where like i'm not a person who ever like i'm not gonna feel the need to show my statements off to not do that whole thing but like you know I, I don't lie. Like I don't lie about the shit. What's the point of lying about it? Especially when there's like publicly accessible records and all that, but it's insane that people all think it's some sort of cloak and dagger trying to screw them over when in reality, I'm just like trying to stay alive each day. Well, and that is, it goes back into the whole, even like the GPP mindset and how people don't realize like you're trying to have one or two big hits like throughout an entire season. I remember I had a similar thing happen where I had my nice 10 K hit in my, uh, on my thing. I talked about it. Then I had three really bad weeks in a row and there's guys in the comments. How does this guy do DFS videos? He sucks. He's finished near last place two weeks in a row. I'm like, that's literally what I've tried to do either finish first or last in these competitions, but people just don't get it, man. No, it's a tough business. And, you know, we're, we're blessed to be able to do the show. We're blessed to have anybody watching these things. Like, I get that there are so many people that want to do uh, what Pete does, what what even what I do. Like, I think there's still uh, a lot of people that want that. And it's uh, it's interesting because it's, it's fucking, it's stressful. Like, I've, I've dealt with toxic audiences before. So, like, I certainly have a degree of callous, to, you know, built to that with everybody knows how Barstool's audience can be when they're uh, being shitty to you or, you know, and, and the plus side, too, of that. But um, yeah, it's just, it's DFS wise. I get it. And I, and the thing too, is I'm so sympathetic to people losing money that I always err on the side of caution with news and yeah. like making sure things are confirmed. And I just think it's bullshit that people get mad at me. Like I I'm doing the best I can every like too many hours a week. Yeah, it is. It is very, it's a, it's a thankless, uh, thankless job. I, I've like, I am not, I've definitely found myself getting into some like touty situations, but I'm definitely like way more comfortable when I'm just like, I'm sharing, this is what I did. This is why I did it. Maybe you think it's dumb. Maybe you can learn from it, but I'm just going to share what I'm doing. And I'm I'm not going to tell you, you should do this because then people get so upset. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing here, but all we do, and that's all we'll ever do on Splash Play too, is be honest with you guys. This is one thing I think that makes Pete and I gravitate towards each other more for these shows, as well as all the other guys that people do that Pete does shows with. All these people we've had on, like Brick, uh, like Pat, you know, like Gretch, like we like certain guys here who keep it real, who just present the data, and it's like it is what it is, you know. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but that's the nature of DFS. And uh, and now I've gotten it all out of my system, and (laughs) and I'm sure somebody will get mad at me somehow. And Tony, one. 
to the regulars too on the Osmo channels who have been a regular here on Splash Play too. We appreciate Tony. We appreciate all you guys out there who are watching this, hanging with us during the off season. We got one last sad news item to hit on, which I now just feels out of place entirely to go to, but Vincent Jackson passing away. I feel yeah. like I put him in as in the run sheet. Bucks legend, fantasy legend, Vincent Jackson, kind of the the early uh, V1 Mike Evans for the Bucks. Uh, passing away at 38, which is sad. The sheriffs I saw today uh, said he may have suffered from alcoholism and post-concussion issues of the family. I guess not as uh, quick to put that out there, but um, just a bummer. I feel like you know mental health stuff, always something to, that's important, I think, whether you're actively tending to it or not, just being aware of where you are with all that stuff. But um, Vincent Jackson, just a guy that I'll remember dearly because he was, when I was starting to play fantasy, starting to get better at it, starting to pay more attention. Like he was a beast. And one of those guys too that, you know, in DFS now, we'd know like, oh, he's a boom bust guy. He's going to have these monster days. He's going to have actual like absolute dog shit days. But he, those monster days of his were so much fun. And I just feel like it's sad to see these guys go, especially at such a young age. Yeah, it, it's super sad. I'm I'm glad we had it on the show sheet because I haven't uh, gotten to talk about it at all too. And it's just such a bummer. And I had a special, uh, he was one of the first guys on, he, he, he was on my team the second year I played fantasy football. And I just pulled up the game log to make sure my memory was correct. But I remember him winning me my first playoff appearance game. It was week 14 uh, and he had three touchdowns and it was like a Monday night football game against the 49ers. And that was like my first experience of winning a fantasy playoff matchup. And I'm just like the guy on my team and he just keeps scoring It's scoring. This is incredible. Uh, and he was so fun to watch. I like the, the Mike Evans comp. I think that's very, uh, a good comp on just kind of his aesthetics and how he played. And yeah, man, he had some great years with Philip rivers and, uh, man, it's, I haven't gotten to read, um, like any, you know, postmortems and stuff about him, but, um, man, he was, uh, he was a talented dude. Yeah, I think uh, David in the YouTube chat saying the alcoholism is usually the band-aid and not the cause. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of, I think the PTSD, you know, he did have some concussion issues, if you remember his playing career. So it sucks. And I think it's something hopefully that football starts to tend to a little bit more, but um, just 38 uh, is too young for anybody to go. But, um, you know, football players, I think we always revere these guys. They're warriors are leaving it. They're going out on their shields so often, but um, it's just, uh, it would be nice to see these guys get, you know, the help they need and the, the post, you know, game stuff that they need uh, to, to adjust to real life. And uh, Vincent Jackson, definitely an early loss. That's a sad one. And uh, now we got to go into our silly bits. <laughs> I was just going to say too, I, I feel like the chargers too, uh, just so snake bitten with that stuff with some of their legends because they had yeah. the junior Seau death too. And I feel like the poor chargers, I feel like are just always taking the, uh, you know, the short end of the stick on things. Or maybe they're the cause of it, Pete. <laughs> That's, and we need to take a look and, and watch out for poor Justin Herbert. Make sure that he feels maybe that the shaving his head was a Britney Spears ass cry for help. And we'll soon have a, a free Justin Herbert documentary popping up. There you, oh, the other thing I forgot about Vincent Jackson, he was a UNC Northern Colorado uh, guy, which is not uh, a big football school at all. It's probably like even in Colorado alone, like the fourth or fifth school that anyone who was good at football would go to. So for him to kind of emerge from the D2 ranks there and, and become that great is uh, is always a good fantasy story. The people's UNC, that's what we call North. I honestly didn't even know that was a school Yeah, <laughs> this moment in time. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah. And he's like a Colorado guy. I remember him because we graduated. Um, he was a little older than me. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, it's, it's sad, man. 
It's really yeah. sad. Always sad to lose everybody. You know, shout out to Vincent Jackson. Rest in peace to him. Uh, rest in power. That's what I, now I feel like I'm doing it ironically. <laughs> let's let's keep going through here. And again, if you're watching after the fact or watching live, hit the like button. It helps us out a bunch here. Making sure we'll make sure to continue to get the word out. We're doing these episodes. Uh, but now is the big time here. We uh, one thing we wanted to do. We did a little test. I guess you know, kind of talking through it on the air last week. Uh, this week it took a couple extra days to make sure that we had something good for you guys. And we're calling this the Splash Play offseason content draft and the splash play ethos i wrote in a little bit here to introduce it is our ethos is always to outwork and out hustle every other fantasy football podcast out there rather than rest on our laurels or even take a bunch of months off like some shows out there do we're going to draft some episode ideas for the offseason with the help of you guys our cherished viewers and listeners you can see the list on screen here uh some of these you will see are going to be serious ideas, ones that maybe even Pete and I talked about, and some of them were things that I just made up. And uh, one that jumped out to my girlfriend when I showed it before this was a Russian roulette gun question mark. <laughs> Which, you know, we can yeah, do different I, forms of it. I know, yeah, I don't I don't know about the gun, but I do feel like there could be some kind of Russian roulette uh, element, maybe with my wheel, you know, we get out and um, yeah, there, there's something there. There's something there. So which ones, Pete, you, you saw this for the first time this morning. I sent it to Pete, really ambushed him with it that I had uh, somehow done work, which I don't think either of us knew was going on. Uh, but which of these ideas jumped out the most to you? Because we're going to do a snake draft here. We're going to pick them. And then, you know, I think it's like an NFL draft where the hope is that these ideas work out and materialize and are great and are Hall of Fame ideas. And then there's a possibility they just never make the league. So I think that's the way that this goes for us. But what jumped out to you when you were looking through it? I mean, first of all, shout out to Spags for putting this together. When you told me this, I thought there was going to be like 10 ideas on it. And I was like, oh my God, there's so many uh, funny things on here. So thank you for putting this together. Um, a few, a bunch of things stood out to me. Um, first of all, we probably shouldn't do meth. Uh, that definitely jumped out. <laughs> there could be shrooms, could be H. We could do, it was just a placeholder. I just thought it was a funny, like drunk show, weed show, meth show. Yeah. Um, the roast of Peter Overzet. Uh, I do not think I am deserving of a roast, but it is a dream of mine to get roasted. Um, eh, eh, but I, yeah, I just don't know if I'm ready for it yet. Uh, and I would, I just want when I do finally get roasted, I just want it to, I want it to be done well. I want a good dais. Um, but it did, it did pique my interest, Spags. That's. I feel like that's one we've talked about before because Pete now has so many people in his, his content universe, so many people who would come on and do a quick one minute, two minute bit just making fun of him. So I agree. I think the hard part for that though, Pete, is that like I, prob I probably wouldn't draft it for us so that you would have to be the one to draft it. And I don't know a person, unless it were like a Comedy Central roast, like I don't know a person would willingly walk into their own roast. <laughs> I know. Well, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, down the road. Down the road. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to draft that one, but keep that one in the back pocket. If if someone ever wants to uh, to get that together, I might I might be game. Um, let's see what uh, what else. I also just appreciated riffing on sports news. Um, <laughs> we might be forced to do that. Uh, Pete forces Spags to do Top Shot. Uh, that could be fun. I actually think you would enjoy it with how deep you are in the weeds on NBA stuff. I think you would even have fun playing it from like a day trading perspective. If you were like, Hey, I think this guy's undervalued in DFS tonight. I'll buy his moment. And then I'll just flip it the next day after he has a good game. I, I feel like you would enjoy some of that. I do. I think the issue that I have is that I'm now spending, like I'm playing too much money on trackings every day where yeah. I don't, 
Like if that goes south, I don't want to go into my my coffers for this, but I think there's a pathway to it. And I do think clearly uh, some of your biggest gains, like where is the club's hop shot ranking now in the podcast charts? Because I know you were soaring there for a while. Yeah, that might have been boosted by gaming the uh, the rate and review algorithm there. I, I think it's plummeted uh, now out. So um, another one that jumped out to me, interviewing a troll of ours. I don't know if we have like any like classic quintessential trolls, but I love this. One of my favorite comedians back in the day, Chris Gethard, someone like kept roasting him online and he invited him in New York to come do an interview with him. And it was this like cringy and also heartwarming thing where he kind of proved his point, which is how tough people are behind the keyboard. And then you get them in person or on camera and they kind of wilt and you realize, Hey, we're all humans here. And I actually don't want to say that mean stuff to your face. So I, I have liked that idea. I actually did that once as a man in man's character. I had this guy that was trolling me and I invited him on the show. It was probably one of my like first 15 videos I had done. And it was getting to, troll him while he trolled me not realizing I was a character was was one of my favorite things ever. Yeah, I think that's it's interesting to me and I think it's a concept that I do like the idea of especially, you know, because as as channels grow like not necessarily just ours but I'm sure, you know, Pete's YouTube, all the shows I do on Osmo growing, you get more people in and they don't know you for years. They don't know the extended history of you. They haven't built up that connection over the course of an extended period of time. So they come in and just make an assessment on you and can be shitty. And I'm sure I could find some. I actually could probably just put out a tweet called Arms. Uh, to find some out there. Also, our boy Willis in the YouTube chat asking, uh, Spags, how have you not gotten on Top Shot yet? So for me, this is a two-pronged. As I mentioned, I'm spending a lot on DraftKings now every day where just having that much money at risk, I'm trying to be smart about it. But B, I've also run so good with things like Bitcoin and Ethereum in the past that I'm now like, I don't want to get in on something too late. And that's really my big fear and then being left holding the bag. So for me, investing money and also the effort, like it just seems like everything I see about Top Shot, like people love it. People are making money. Some of the guys that Pete has on the club Top Shot shows have made tons of money. But for me, it's like, is it worth the effort for me? Or am I just going to be like spending a lot of effort to be frustrated and lose money? And I think I already have DFS for that. I was, I wanted to bring up because Osimo, uh, he went from like, it seemed like he was just going to dabble, you know, buy a few moments and I just pulled up his account because that's the beauty of top shot. You can just pull up anyone's account at any time. Uh, his account's almost worth a hundred thousand dollars, which, which isn't surprising. I'm sure he has the money to play around with, but what jumped out to me spags is his top valued thing. Isn't a single moment. He owns 58 Killian Hayes moments. <laughs> Is he obsessed with Killian Hayes or something? I, I don't know. He tweeted a joke about it. I guess it's not a joke anymore. Uh, I don't, it does not appear to be a joke. There are some people like Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer was very big on Killian Hayes. And actually, Greg, too, our boy Greg, Eric, Greg Ehrenberg was uh, very big on Killian Hayes. And I feel like it's one of those things that people are just like bullish on him. And, and he's a rookie and he's theoretically got some upside. But yeah, I, I don't I don't see it personally. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he has a clearly uh, made a big stand uh, here on uh, his rookie de jour. So, I mean, honestly, everything's gone up uh, in the past few days. Barstool tweeted about it. Gary Vee tweeted about it. ESPN Daily did their podcast about it today. So, um, you can't be wrong right now. But yeah, it it, it feels like a, a mini top moment right now for sure. The bubble is filling with air, I would say, and we're we're close to that point. But you know, kudos to everybody, Pete included, everybody who's watching all that content. Um, and then, you know, hey, maybe if it gets drafted, I'm not opposed fully. And uh, Will's <laughs> saying that there's nine or fourteen dollar packs. Look, I I'll do it. I'll do it if I have to. I won't. I you know that's what a draft is. When they call you into duty, you just got to do it. Um, 
what other ones jumped out to you here? Because I, one other, you know, counterpoint to the troll one, I think having our supporters as guests is fun. Like I always think yeah. that's a nice moment for people. And that was something we used to do in the early days of Osmo, where if somebody had won a big tournament and they sent us a screenshot, like, like a really big one, we would have them on for like a five minute segment. And I know people love that. You can't do that. You get to a certain point. Cause there's just too much going on. Then you have to pick and choose who's going on and whatever, but we're small enough now. I feel like that could be fun. I don't know. Like I don't, not a must have, but I just feel like it'd be nice to give back in some way with this besides just letting them choose the constant direction of our show that actually just gave me a good idea just piggybacking on that idea you know right now basically all markets everything's pumping you know people have all kinds of things whether that's dfs top shot crypto retail stocks like there's something for everyone if we did something where it was like all right spags and i are each going to put up a hundred dollars of our own money but we're going to have a shark tank where you come on and pitch us how we should invest that hundred dollars and we have a few listeners come on and say they want to make their hard sell for top shots say they want to make their hard sell for buying like fractional investments in dino skulls whatever we will hear you out and then we will uh get together and decide how we're going to invest our money that's, I, that's actually an interesting concept I, I don't hate it i don't hate it i think that's that's on on q one that i see you have highlighted right now i think maybe oh, accidentally, that's but- an accident that i haven't highlighted <laughs> the book review of chris randone's book chris randone a former bachelor contestant former bachelor in paradise who i've done shows with on awesome before um i have no issue with them i know pete perhaps has uh maybe trolled a little too hard to the sun and, and gotten there but his book uh you know uh, available here it's about life and, and processing things and yeah, maybe maybe there's a curiosity there. You know, I I love this idea, but I don't. I feel like I would actually convert some sales for him, and I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> That's actually a good point. We we would have to then have a lot of people buying the ebook because if we did that or the sports book club. Here's the question I have, Pete: What do you think the crossover is with with us personally and with our audience with reading books and coming back to discuss them? Because I don't know how high that would be. Well, Davis and I just did that with Laird. We did the uh, the oh, Radical Markets Book Club, but I will admit, uh, based on videos on my channel, it is not the most popular video. So um, yes, I think if we found the right book and we, um, yeah, if we marketed it right and we built out stuff around it, um, or maybe it was like a an off-season thing too, where it was a segment where you we checked in like on a chapter each week and it was a little bit longer of a thing and didn't feel... I feel like it's just hard. I have a reading routine now, so reading isn't quite as intimidating to me, but for people who aren't in the routine of it, being like, hey, you got to crank out this book in three weeks, I don't think is super appealing to a lot of people. Reading is fundamental. I'm glad you have <laughs> a routine down for your reading. Though. <laughs> I'm telling you, when, when, how many how many books have you read in the past year, Specs? God, uh, under, under five for sure, I would say is the line, and we're probably- <laughs> Sounds like you need a reading routine, Specs. That's true. I might need to build it into my my daily activities, but I yeah, I don't know because I look at so much stuff like you know work wise and screen wise and putting things together all day. Where the idea of relaxing and playing a book is never thing for me. It's always like video games and play chess with a girlfriend. Now sometimes like those are things I look to more. But you know, I think a book club is fun. Like I do like sports books more than most other books. I feel like they're always full of some tidbits like the Dennis Rodman one, one of my favorites that I read at 13 and then developed an intense fear of breaking my penis because Dennis Rodman goes into great de- detail about breaking his dick in that book. And it's doesn't sound fun. I'll tell you that Pete. Yeah. Um, all right, let's keep going through some of these. Cause I think lots of these are really good. Uh, you had mentioned this one before on the show. I love the idea of doing 
like a how-to with some of our smart friends, like doing the Justin Freeman Sims one. We could have um, Brian Hooper come on for that one as well and do some like how-to things for us where it's like, let's just do basic entry level. If I wanted to try to make a simple Sim, we're not saying you're going to win a million dollars with this Sim, but just get your hands dirty with it. I, I think doing some how-tos on that would be would be fun. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's one to me feels like one that we will probably get to at some point during the summer. It feels a little premature now, but maybe that is sort of the thing is, you know, starting the process now and going into it. But I think that's one that, that gets drafted here, though. I don't feel like for either of us, it's not a top three round pick. That's like a round six, round seven, because we know we're going to get to it. So like, you don't have to burn an early pick on it. I also like the idea of, so like the bootleg NFL combine, but I'm not even thinking of it in like, I feel like so many influences have done. I go out to the park and I do the 40 yard dash and all that. I was thinking like the internet version of a combine, like even just a dumb thing. If we were doing, you know, typing speed tests, you know, like that's one event, like stuff in that vein where we come up with these things and, uh, it could be all random stuff. It could be a game of Tetris. It could be the typing test. It could be a memory game. Just basically like things that skills that you need to be incredibly online uh, for and then have a combine for them. So like an NFL blogger, NFL podcaster yes, combine. <laughs> exactly. A podcaster combine. See, I, I think that's good. Yeah, I was I put that in there to keep it open-ended because I, I actually would be reluctant too to do the park one because I know that was one that uh, my, my former pals over at Barstool did years and years ago. That actually was one of the things that I think resonated the most with their fans. And I'm always reluctant to revisit somebody else's bits. But like, yeah, Rovell's done that shit a million times. Even when it gets like NFL Network with Rich Eisen doing the 40, if like you're probably, you've probably reached a point of saturation that's a little obvious. But I think we could put a spin on that. Um, the documentaries. I don't know if you're highlighting things to, to lead me there. Or... <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm doing it subconsciously, but I did want to talk about this one because I watched that documentary the other night. Yeah, I so I haven't seen it, but I've heard enough about it because I I shoot our, our home watch of it here and was like, I don't think I need to watch this. But now I wish I had because everybody's talking about it. And I, I do think talking about the latest releases on like, you know, whatever Netflix documentary or movie of the moment, I feel like always you get some traction. I don't know if that's too off brand for us right now, but I think it's in the mix. Yeah, uh, that one there. I, I watched that one and the Tiger Woods one uh, relatively back to back. Definitely some kind of similarities there of, you know, superstars in the, in the public eye and the paparazzis and kind of them trying to find, um, some inner peace and happiness throughout that whole experience. So yeah, I, I think, I think there could be something there. One that I think is shockingly compelling or would be shockingly compelling, especially if he presented it the right way, flipping a coin a hundred times on a show <laughs> and betting on it. Like maybe that's one we combine with one of the other ones where we're doing a power hour during it, or we're doing the mess show alongside of it. But <laughs> I feel like that's uh, to me, flipping a coin a hundred times. It's just such an obvious thing, but I bet people would get invested over the course of an entire show. Uh, I do also like that idea. Uh, the only it would be a, we'd have to figure out from a tech perspective how to have it on screen, right? Like we'd almost need a third camera. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I could pull like I, I could use like my phone to get on Streamyard and then just have it like pointing down at something. And then like the third guest on the stream is just the penny cam or something. I have two laptops. Like I have a MacBook with a camera in it too, so I could theoretically do it on my end. But yeah, I think we have there, there's enough technology we have out there now that I think we can make that work. It probably would be the prettiest implementation, but it would work. Um, playing against each other, uh, chess against each other would be funny to watch. I have a feeling I know how to play chess. I have not played in years. So if you're playing regularly with your girlfriend, you would smash me. 
I'm not only am I playing regularly, but she's gotten tired of it because I keep trouncing her and getting better. I've also been playing a chess app now. That's one of my, one of my, like, I just need to take 10 minutes to decompress. So I've Queens gamut worked real hard on me. That's all I could say. Wow. Uh, well I would, I would have a uh, do uh spags teaches Peter how to play chess uh, segment. Um, um, what, what else? I feel like our history of football fandom is one that I feel like we can hit on easily. I think that like that's helpful backstory for, I think a football podcast, but nothing sexy there. That's just kind of a, just a general good content idea. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like there's uh, an entire off season's worth of content in here. I did want to talk about this. This is an idea I don't want to do. Uh, I dude, I'm so out on clubhouse. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's, I, there was something, I think it was Bill Simmons did a podcast with Nathan Hubbard, who's like the former ticket master guy that he has on for basically any sort of like tech, you know, catch up thing. They were talking about clubhouse and basically Hubbard's, you know, idea or thought about it was that it's like Silicon Valley trying to force in one more social media network to be like, let's see if we get one more billion dollar company out of all this bullshit, even though like, to me, it's regressive. Like we're doing this stream. This is technically a clubhouse clubhouse, except that we're not doing audio. We're doing video because we figured out how to do that part. So to me, it feels like you're going, you know, almost back to caveman times where things have evolved past it, but, but it's got some traction like people are pushing it. So I, I don't know. I'm just I'm putting it on there, but I do think it's bullshit. Yeah. And I, I'm particularly salty because I'm not an iPhone bro. So like I have two berries. I got invited to go on a clubhouse the other night. I was like, first of all, I don't have a clubhouse account or invite, which I need Two, I don't even have a device. And I was like, so someone's like, Oh, can't you do it on your computer? I tried, I tried on my computer just to go to the app. And it's like, no, it has to be on your iPhone app. So I was like, there are two barriers of entry for me to even get into this damn treehouse. And then on top of it, uh, I read an article on Vox the other day, massive privacy concerns with that. They have no opt outs for sharing all of your contacts. And then other people can find your contacts via um, you syncing it up to your phone. Like there's no way to opt out of that. And then also, yeah, like this the audio thing, I'm like, why, why not just live stream or you can do an audio live stream on YouTube if you want. Like, I just, I didn't see the upside. It seemed like okay for the platform and okay for the users and like bad for the creators. Like there, I didn't see like the benefit for the creators on there. I think the benefit is just that you can maybe accrue an audience now on a platform where there isn't a ton of content and it's just people going there and willing to indulge in things more. Like it's really just getting there early, I think is, is the value more than anything, but, but yeah, I'm with you. It does. I didn't know it was so exclusive, uh, exclusionary towards uh, the Android users, but I, you know, as an iPhone guy, I guess I respect that. I might like clubhouse even more. Keep those keep that riffraff green text assholes out. <laughs> One more here. Uh, I mean, we can keep bouncing around these. So uh, not the prison one. Uh, can we eat a whole pizza? <laughs> prison, I'm the-, the prison wine one, let's not throw that out because I'm intrigued. This is a thing apparently, um, I don't mean to keep bringing up my girlfriend, but like she's a person I see fucking every day. <laughs> Stop. Apparently one of our first texts was me joking with her about like making prison wine and how I wanted to do it. So this has clearly been a passion project of mine for a while. We don't have a radiator though, so I don't know how that would work, but you know, it's a thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I feel like that's more when we can do an in-person show because the whole fun would be then taste testing each other's prison wine uh, at the end of it. Interlocking um, arms and giving each other. <laughs> this is another, so the, can you eat a whole pizza on a show? This was another one that I once attempted. I don't know. Do you remember the DraftKings pizza challenge when they were giving out Millie maker tickets for that? No, I don't recall that at all. Okay, this might have been, this was maybe three or four years ago, but they did this thing. Matt Kalish, one of the DraftKings guys, I think just started it. And he was like, if 
you can eat a whole pizza within it was I want to say it was 12 minutes, a large cheese pizza. Um, he would, and you record it, uh, and use that hashtag. And if you accomplish it, they would give you a Millie maker ticket on DraftKings. And so this was back when I was doing man's and I was like, I'll do it. But I got so excited to stream it. Like he, he put it out and I had already eaten a late lunch. And I was like, screw it. I'm doing this in like two hours on a live stream. So I didn't make it all the way through. And now it's like, I can get stoned and polish off one of those bad boys, no problem. So I kind of would like redemption on the eat a whole pizza on a show and actually game plan for it. I like, I just like that the thing was like, can we eat a whole pizza on a show? Like, I just think that's a funny idea to draft. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think I could do it too. I think with especially some performance enhancers, I think yeah, it would be, exactly. uh, be fun, fun lifting for that. There you go. I also love this idea. I would love to see you do a show from a Peloton and you have to host it as if you're a motivational Peloton instructor. <laughs> uh, it's honestly doable. It's something I've thought about too, where if they ever like make Peloton a platform where you could do your own shows or whatever, like I would instantly do it. It would just be me like out of breath dying for most of it, but it would still be like, I think I could put on a good show. I think that's, there's like one guy on there, Cody, who everybody loves. And like, I know even girls who I just know through like social media or whatever, always like, oh, Cody's so funny. And he just like he's doing like a mediocre podcast, but it happens to be while on a bike. You put you put splash play on the Peloton. I think we're boosting that audience right away. Maybe I could you could be on the Peloton. I recently bought uh, a rower, a rowing machine uh, for my basement. So maybe we could do we could do the splash play workout pod. <laughs> That would honestly would really test our, our content chops there. Just having to talk through actual Probably an audio disaster, honestly. <laughs> um, other ones that I enjoyed now, we're going to have to actually do the draft after this. It's gonna be oh yeah. Draft. Um, but we had the highlight reels for high school players. I thought were pretty good. The simulated Madden franchise, um, interviewing guests about off season passions. I feel like that's an easy one, but probably, um, honestly too serious compared to meth show and eating a whole pizza. So I don't know how, how those grayed out, but any others that you want to hit on before we actually make some picks the one thing i'll say about the highlight reels i might have mentioned this last time again last night on ship chasing we were doing the omni fantasy which is this new like uh fantasy league that ben came up with where you draft from all different sports and we were watching danny medvedev highlights a, a famous tennis player and immediately after the show ended the atp association had blocked our video like, you know how sometimes they just demonetize it or like you can't make money? Yeah. No, they just flat out blocked it. It was like, until you trim out these two minutes of tennis highlights, you don't get to have your video on YouTube. So we do have to be careful with the highlights. Things. When you control the Danny Medvedev marketplace, I guess it's hard to, to, to not capitalize on the riches that come with it. But that's that's crazy. I, I guess that does make sense, though. Probably maybe not worth the copyright strikes for some of these. Yeah. Um. So this is a little... Yeah, so I don't know. Do we want to do, I feel like we could, you know, not to do like a cliffhanger thing right now, but one thing would be is like we could quickly go through and give these like a ranking and then we could maybe wait to do the draft. I, I don't know. I've kind of, I, I feel like there's so much good stuff here. I kind of want to marinate on it more, but I, I'm also down to do a draft now if you want. I mean, we got, so like we normally we're trying to keep these shows under an hour and we're basically like 10 minutes shy. So, and you know, in the sake, one of the content ideas should have been uh, doing the draft on a separate episode. <laughs> I'm with you. I think that's a first round pick. This is the way that you extend content life cycles out is by we've done a whole show teasing it and then we can actually do it next week. <laughs> yeah. I, I just feel like there was, when I, when I first pulled it up, I thought, 
there was going to be way more joke ideas than actual ideas. And then uh, I quickly realized there's a lot of uh, good ideas in here. It's so a mix like, of both, really. That's what I try to bring to the table. A little bit of jokes and a little bit of actual hope. Dude, I love the high school yearbook one. I, I think it was like a year ago. I have all mine in here. And I was reading some old notes, uh, you know, just from random people, you know, when they sign your yearbook. And it was killing me some of the stuff they were saying, like the showing off your high school yearbook is definitely one we have to do. See, we didn't do high school signed yearbooks. I just have like the actual content of my terrible photos and whatever. And yeah. Oh, I, I one from middle school though, where we had an autograph book and I don't know, I, I don't know where that would even be, but it's gotta be somewhere here. I think I'm shocked. Uh, you guys didn't like to, to me growing up, like my yearbooks, the funnest part of it was always having people sign them. So I went to a private school where we didn't have cheerleaders and like, um, because it was like demeaning to women. This is long before, like now I think that's the thing. A lot of schools would be like, yeah, like, you know, some girls would protest and then it'd be over. But like my school was doing that way before. So I feel like maybe there was something there where it's like, oh, it's exclusionary did not, you know, cause then somebody's not getting everything signed. I don't know. It just wasn't a, a focus of attention for sure. Yeah. Um, it looks like we are getting a uh, good, uh, validation to do this draft next show, because I think what I will do is I'm going to make my own big board off of these ideas. Um, and then, cause I got, I got to make sure I'm not giving up EV to you in a draft. <laughs> that's, that's true. I, I'll tell you, Sue, some ones that I just like would like to do. Yeah. Hot dog eating contest has always been something I've wanted to do. I feel like that's just uh, just fun for me. Power hours are a thing I enjoy. I don't know why I said power hour contests. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I think we could both get through it. We would just be sloshed and fatigued by the end of it. Um, but I think a power hour contest where we watched minute-long football clips would be fun. But then the rights thing is the issue, though. I think that's fair use. Like, if we fair use that pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that could also... The power hour element could kind of tie into the Russian roulette thing where if we had... Like maybe we asked each other trivia questions or something. And then if you get it wrong, you have to spin the wheel and it's like one sip, two sip, three sip, four sip kind of thing. Like adding mm. in um, levels to uh, to the drinking. That could be interesting. Also, Spags pets his dogs for a show is what <laughs> I didn't even see that one. It's yeah. There's, look, there's a lot of gems on here. If you guys uh, <laughs> can pause the YouTube video, check out the list. Oh, we'll also do a power hour too. Maybe that's one where we get uh, some of our, our friends and contributors and all that onto the show. And then uh, we all do power hours together and then circle them in. And there's some way to do that. Either way, we have a lot of meat on the bone for these. So you can see them all. Uh, tweet us any suggestions, I guess, at Splash Play Pod or at Chris Fags and at Peter Overzet, whatever you want to tweet. We'll see it on any of them. Um, and I guess I'll put this list on Instagram too. And yeah. we'll, we'll see if anybody has anything there. And some of these should be like recurring segments, like show and tell where we just have at the end of show, even if it's just like two minute thing where we just show one thing that's like in our office or something random. Uh, I think that would be because one of my issues is like I want someday I want to have like more of a studio in a set with stuff in mm -hmm. the background, just the way my stuff is set up right now. It's not really conducive. And I'm like, I buy all this dumb shit like Fred Van Vliet bobbleheads and I don't ever really get to show it off. So a show and tell would be really uh, conducive to help me justifying all my merchandise purchases. I actually have one very one. This is just, to be clear, this is not something of mine, but I'll, I'm not even going to spoil it. Just give me one second. Fill the air while I grab it. Okay. I will fill the air. Why Spags, he's going to be like sifting through all of his S&M toys. He's like, oh, get the whip out. No, no, here's what we're looking for. So, so this is something that's on our bookshelf right now. And to be clear, the bookshelf is not for me as I don't read as we've discussed earlier. But uh, my girlfriend at some point got this from a plastic surgeon, which is a, a, a titty uh, stress releaser. And I look, it's, I think she got a bag of them from this doctor. Um, and now, yeah, now this is just here. 
now this show's for sure getting delisted from YouTube. <laughs> You know, us wholesome guys have old FanDuel puck uh, stress balls and over horny spags over there with his nipple. Oh, no, look, ball. I mean, look, it's cold in the room, apparently, for <laughs> the stress toy. But either way, show and tell could be a fun thing. So we got some bits on there. Again, chime in on Twitter. Let us know. Um, I'll post a screenshot of the list, too, so I guess people can reply. But um, I, I think we got some stuff here, so we'll revisit it. Um, when sh should we do it? Monday? I feel like let, let's we got to get a hard time here so we can actually pre-plan. Yeah, we we're gonna we the goal. Do we want we want to settle into a a regular weekly cadence, right? Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, dude, like, and this is a question for the people watching right now because I know the guys who come during the afternoon, you guys are generally finding time in your days to do it. We appreciate it, but like, should we try to do it at night your time? Because like, I have shows now at night, but I can figure out a way to work around it. Or if, I don't, I know you have your streams too for Top Shot at night too a lot of times. So what like is what's the move for? Do you think schedule wise? For me, I do prefer the late afternoons just because I have to keep some of my evenings free or Lauren will kill me. Um, so yeah, I would say Monday or Thursday later afternoons are are both good for me generally. So um, I don't know if you have a preference on that, if people have preferences on that. Yeah, um, I, I think, uh, let's see, because I, I have a show, let's see, let's let's put in, I feel like we've been norm normally doing like, what, 4 p.m. East Coast time has been the regular time? Yeah, 4 p.m. East Coast times is pretty good for me. All right, let me see. So I have a show on Mondays at, what is this, 6 p.m. Eastern, so that's 3 p.m. my time. Um, how about, could you do 3 p.m. East Coast time? On Thursday or when? Uh, Monday? On Monday. I should be able to, yeah. All right, so let's say Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. That is the official time for the Splash Play off-season content draft. will be coming here. Maybe I'll even try to Mel Kuyper my hair up for this situation. I don't know if I have any hairspray, but I guess I have four days to get hairspray, so I can... Uh, well, let's lean into the bit as much as we can if we're going to stretch it out for another show. Yeah, there we go. So we will we will reconvene. I'm going to make my big board uh, for Splash Play. And, um, and yes, we will do the draft. And yeah, when Spag's posted, if you guys have any other ideas that we should add to, are we going to allow in our draft surprise picks that aren't on the big board? Yeah, we can. I think if ones occur, if, if there's a late entry, I guess that comes from the, the, the crowd, we can put some stuff in. Um, I think this doesn't make it. Yeah. Like I, I, the list isn't final by any stretch. If there's anything that occurs to us in the next four days, I think we can have people declaring for the draft up to the moment for sure. Okay. Sounds good. All right, so tweet us everything. Uh, let us know what you guys think. And we'll be back on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific to do a splash play off-season content draft. Any plugs for you, Pete? I feel like the one thing I'm going to plug is just check out the late shows for Osmo because those are ones that are definitely going to be more like splash play where I can basically just do whatever, go on rants and do those five days a week now at uh, 6 p.m. West Coast time, 9 p.m. Uh, it depends. It's whatever an hour before NBA locks, but just tune into the Osmo channel and check it out. What are your plugs? Your club top shot, Scott? say in the youtube chat it's going daily now is that a thing for no, you he's kidding <laughs> um no it is not uh yeah we don't have a set schedule for that uh pete's having a baby soon too so i i don't know what well, there will there'll be shows uh the one thing on my calendar tomorrow i'm gonna do a show with um nick urcolano from bdge oh, yeah. he's having me over on his uh podcast so if you guys want to check that out i think we're doing that at 2 p.m i'm honestly not sure if it's live or not um but you can keep an eye out for that all right, yeah, so check that stuff out. We'll be back with you guys Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific for the Splash Play Draft. We appreciate you guys. Have a good weekend and stay safe.